1: Day, you know what that means It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast The podcast where we talk about all things pop culture The podcast where we talk about all things geek The podcast where specifically today We're going to be talking about all things Star Wars We're your hosts, I'm Boris And as always I'm joined by the one, the only, The Phil
0: Hello everybody, I know after May the 4th I get a hangover and it's Revenge of the 5th Yep Oh, sorry <laughs> I love it
1: I love it. Oh, what a day. You know, it's one of those it's one of those nights where anything that can go wrong is going wrong. And on top of that, you know, we have a hard stop right now. So it is what it is. But here we are, Phil. It is the day after May the fourth. May the fourth. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because like what started off as a joke, what started off as like an internet thing, you know, it's 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 been embraced by Disney and then some.
0: I I am in awe of the marketing campaign that I see and you know what it's actually going to be honest here cuz we're feeding into it but we're we're making our Wednesday episode anyway. Yep. And there is content to cover. There is stuff to talk about and goodness knows everybody loves Star Wars, but I'm actually getting a little bit tired of this May the 4th stuff. Yep. I hate to say it. I get it I got texts this morning I got messages From all kinds of friends And I do appreciate it When they reach out To me And they know It's my day So yeah, to speak Exactly But I'm like You know what It's just It's a lot man yeah. It's a lot Yep <laughs> this, <laughs> this, year, this year is the king man
1: This year just felt like it, it 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 went from 0 to 60 Really fast Um, You know When you saw the first Major You know New Disney crossover of not only the bad badge, but the Simpsons short. Like that's
0: insane. Yeah, that 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 actually is and I have to understand too. It's it's the Simpsons short, which was cute as hell. Oh, I I Uh, love The Force Awakens from a Nap. Like and it it felt like classic Simpsons. It felt like the kind of thing that, that you you know you've seen before and you want to see again. But it's it's it hits on so many levels because I had I had to stay up midnight on Friday and Friday I was tired. I wanted mm. to go to bed. And um I had to stay up to midnight to get my Lego order in. Yep. So I could get my May the Fourth set and get a shipping time that wasn't gonna be the middle of everything. Yeah. And it it's just this cultural phenomenon. Like if I had endless amounts of money, this would be the buying spree of buying sprees. But Not only all that. No, 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 no. You tune into your Stadia Pro today, and it's free Jedi Fallen Order for all Stadia Pro customers. That's their fourth game for the month of May. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's just everywhere.
1: Okay. So, like, you know, one of the things that we want to talk about, is like, just the sheer number of sales there are. Like... You know, over the past few years, we've seen the sales grow and grow and grow and grow. And now it's to the point where it's like, you know, Williams-Sonoma has Instant Pots that are Star Wars branded on sale today for $60. Wow. OtterBox has a Mandalorian Echo Dot stand where you see the um, the ears, the Yoda ears. And you can put your wow. Echo into it. It's, it's crazy. Um, they have... Polaroid has an eye type camera Mandalorian edition, which is basically one of those Polaroid cameras in the Mandalorian <laughs> colors with pictures and branding. You know, it's 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 absolutely insane. You know what? It reminds me of a hundred
0: percent Spaceballs. Uh, yeah, because they mocked it, right? Yeah, but that's been that's been Star Wars's thing since the beginning. Is exactly. the whole idea that, and that's why I can't complain about it because. When I was a kid, you could have taken any product and put Star Wars on it And they did And I would want it Like a lunchbox, yes Bed sheets, yes You know, uh, shirts, clothes, shoes, watches Everything, like the watch I remember was a digital watch with a red face Like it was one of those cheap ass LED type things and it had freaking stickers you'd put on it that said Star Wars. Yeah. It it was stuff that had no bearing to the movie at all. Yeah. But yet it was branded Star Wars and we'd fork out extra money for it and show it off. Yeah. And be like, hey, check it out. Leo, look, I can change the sticker. If there's
1: anything that you can give George Lucas credit for is just a sheer amount of marketing power that he had behind Star Wars and just the branding right like he created branding to the extreme like to the point where like we just said they did make fun of it in spaceballs um, the Netflix show the the toys that made us had a fantastic yeah. episode about this very subject if you haven't seen it go watch it because it's so well done it's so good and it just you know gives you that appreciation and and hatred for the capitalism world that we live in now.
0: Well, yeah, and it 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 made me become a more picky collector. Yes, right. Like, cause you have to choose your battles, and sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. Sometimes it's collecting action figures on card. Uh, sometimes it's collecting action figures, keeping them in a box. Sometimes it's opening them. Now I'm into helmets and and crap like that. I find that it's matured with age. I I like my Funko Pops as well with the Star Wars thing, but I also collect the movies, the books, things like that. I choose what to collect, and obviously Star Wars Lego. And I've pretty much cut out all toy collecting other than Funko Pops to focus in on the Star Wars Lego because I enjoy the builds of them too. And there's a big speculation market on it too. Like It it doesn't break my heart when I buy a set and it happens to sit because i don't have display space or i don't want to deconstruct another model. Yeah. So that i will give it credit for that. You know, as a kid you just want everything. As an adult you go i still got too much, but you still go, "Hey, guess what? This is where i'm going to go with this. This is what i can accommodate in my life or embrace in my life." I i wouldn't trade it for the world, but yeah, it it definitely has sharpened that sense of collecting and it's so awkward too when you get family or friends that give you items and you're thinking oh i don't know what to do with this yeah
1: (laughs) yeah that happens to me quite a bit like people just you know and and i appreciate it. just like and the thing is like especially if someone gives it to me i want to display it right and i just i just don't have the room anymore, um, and I'm just scared shitless that something is gonna happen to it, right? Like the last thing I want is another flood or something. Um, Garmin, the Legacy Sega series smartwatches—they're a hundred dollars off. You can buy Darth Vader smartwatch for three hundred, a Ray smartwatch for three hundred. It's crazy. It's
0: just crazy. Oh man, I, I know that I have a, a friend, a girlfriend of mine gave me a Death Star watch. Mm. From years ago, it's beautiful. It's an awesome thing. It's it's actually over with my watches, but yeah, it's it's like I say, it's crazy, man. Garmin, jeez. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I got my shipping confirmation today for my mm. Lego set. At least the one that's not in back order. So I'm getting my Tie Fighter in a little bit. Super excited. Nice. Yep.
0: Yeah, I got I got my. My mail confirmation Sunday night for uh, the Scout Trooper helmet, the uh, Imperial Probe droid, and the May the 4th little Jawa set diorama yep. thing. And I know there's a lot of LEGO hate for those diorama sets. I'd rather have a minifig, for yeah. sure. I'd love to have an exclusive minifig or pack of minifigs or whatever. But I've collected all of the other May the 4th ones. And I realized that that was something that I wasn't ready to let go of yet. So I've yeah. got three or four of them right now of these dioramas. And they're from my favorite movies. So it's kind of one of these things where I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm still going to buy these things anyway. And it was two times the, the points if you're a Lego VIP member this past weekend. Yes. So you get two times the points back, which I'm pretty close to getting $100 off a set right now. Nice. So that's going to come in handy when I'm actually sitting there going, you know, the, between the bonsai trees, the space shuttle, or another Star Wars set, whatever it may be. Yep. I know, I know, the Bad Batch is supposed to be getting, like we talked about last episode, the Bad Batch is supposed to be getting a new set that should be around a hundred American dollars. Yeah, and includes all of the minifigs. Yep, um, including Omega. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't yeah. know. I'll have to see when it officially comes out.
1: Exactly. Uh, the ebook for Star Wars The High Republic Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. You can buy it for 99 cents today. Uh, you can, mm. Yeah. That, that's actually a pretty good one. Uh, Claudia Games... Gray
0: is an excellent writer for Star Wars. Oh. One of my favorites. Oh,
1: yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah. So much. All
0: right. so much. I also, I'll take the, the moment to. A uh, uh, shout out to Kristen Baver's book, uh, Skywalker, the new Skywalker book that she's released. Um, she's the host of the the Lucasfilm like Star Wars channel show each week, and it surprised me that she she it's a family at war Skywalker family at war. I surprised me that she wrote a book about it, and it's good. I bought it. It's on my shelf behind me, and um, yeah, I I see that you know. There's a lot, of, a lot of Star Wars coming from a lot of, of, of people that uh, a lot of quality content.
1: Yep. If you've thought of it, it's probably out and it's probably on sale still because these sales aren't exclusive to May the 4th. Most of them will last for a few days. But go check it out. There's Amazon and just so much. StarWars.com uh, has like a page full of deals, it's, it's absolutely insane.
0: But speaking of which, did you? I sent you guys a link today where Star Wars unveiled the ultimate toy. Yep. The ultimate toy of working lightsaber. Yep. And not this type of lightsaber with a big plastic polycarbonate blade in it. It is a lightsaber that actually unfurls. I guess people have looked at the patents and determined that it's something like uh, there's some kind of LED tape or something in there that's expanding and lighting up. So it deploys and looks like a lightsaber. Yeah. And they're selling it on the Galaxy's Edge Star Tours, I think at first. So the boat cruise type thing. So it'll be an exclusive item. And you know that Hasbro are just like licking their lips, going So uh can you uh license that for us and we'll sell it <laughs> for an exorbitant amount of money because the lightsabers have gone up. The, the master Force, replica ones yeah. are like four hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, the Force FX ones are just already insanely priced. I can only imagine how these are going to be priced. But you know, I gotta say I was impressed with the video that Star Wars released and that Disney yeah. released.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a super super crazy thing, and I never in my life thought that I'd see it. And I know I've seen the jokes about this thing because people have been looking at the patent office and they've been noticing that hey, Disney are trying to make a real lightsaber. And I thought it was like just a gimmick type thing. I didn't realize it was going to be a a, a production product. Yeah. So good for them, you know it, it it's it's the ultimate, right? Like right now. I know if you go to Galaxy's Edge, like we talked about with Chris and we talked about with uh, Brews and Blasters over the past year, that you can get all these different lightsaber hilts and whatnot, the official stuff. So it's not the Hasbro, it's stuff made by Disney. And it's great stuff. It looks so great. like That's why I'm so scared to ever go there. I, I need to win the lottery before I go there because I will be compulsively buying... You know, like, oh, look, all these lightsaber hilts. I'll take them all. I know, right? <laughs> one of everything right now. Yeah. ASAP. Damn, Visa. Come get me. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yep. It's, yeah. But, you know, one day, one day, Phil, we'll do it. We'll go and spend our life I... savings.
0: <laughs> what life savings? Yeah, cash out all of our RSPs. of our RSPs. <laughs> Just be like, screw it. We're done. Right? Yep For- We're gonna get Reverse mortgages
1: Yeah, Fuck <laughs> Oh man Um. So one well, of the things I wanted to talk about It's something that We've always talked We've made mention Of it But we've never Really gone in depth And that is How we got Into Star Wars And it's kind of funny Because like You know I know your story and how you got into the Muppets was because of star Wars. I got into a lot of things because of star Wars. So it's kind of funny, you know, just the influence of star Wars has always had on my life. Um, you know, in some shape, way or form it's, it's, it's always been there. Uh, you know, I was born mm-hmm. after um, return of the Jedi. So, you know, I've literally always had star Wars in my life in some shape, way or form. Um, and, and, yeah, you know, it's 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 a huge part of kind of why I got into technology too. You know, between Star Wars and Star Trek, that's one hundred percent why I got into computers and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So Phil, yeah. how did you get into Star Wars?
0: Um, you know what? Like I was born before the first movie. I'm well aware of this. Yeah, I, I did not I was not in a capacity to attend nor understand the first movie. So, but my brothers, who were older, did. Yeah. So, when I became (laughs) self-aware, so to speak, when you become, like, you can remember... When your
1: order 66 went off.
0: Yeah. I was like, hey, guess what? You know, uh, my brothers, they already had the toys. They were already egging me into that area because as a kid in a family when you're of that age the brothers will pass off the toys to you they'll also pass off the toy collecting to you but -hmm. they're going to play with them as well they're just using you as the vehicle to expand the parental purchases so to speak pretty much so yeah so here i am Completely engorged with the idea of Star Wars. We didn't own a VCR. We'd have to rent a LaserDisc player or a VCR, and then we'd rent the the first movie or the first two movies. I do recall seeing Empire Strikes Back in the theater. I do recall it being re-released many times and seeing it many times in the theater. Yeah. And I do very, very, I would say my first real... Star Wars movie, like, I was Empire. Mm-hmm. It, I do recall going around the schoolyard and playing Star Wars because that's the way that we would remember Star Wars. We didn't have VCRs at home. So we had to act out the scenes. And this is how the infamous Luke, I am your father line, which doesn't actually appear in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it came from the playground. That's where it was because... I can recall memories of, you know, even being in, 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 a lower grade, grade two or grade three, and we'd have crazy carpets, right. With the snow down and obviously snowing out, this would have been like 1983 and we're immediately like, Oh man, this is just like Hoth. So we'd go down the hill on in the schoolyard that had a big hill we go down it, and you'd go back to back with another dude on the crazy carpet, pretending to be in a snow speeder. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, one of those freak accidents happened. I was driving. This is the lucky part of the story. Behind me was my friend Greg, who was back to back with me. And there was a pileup at the bottom. Oh, God. And Greg got, he had to get like plastic. Uh, facial reconstruction Holy. as a kid because he got so plowed into because it was like a wipeout at the bottom Holy and crap. oh my gosh I was I was and I largely don't even recall the trauma of that episode I'm like got my crazy carpeting out of here <laughs> you know like let's go for another run because it it didn't hurt me that much <laughs> so and you know it's like Greg's not moving. <laughs> But that that was that was my early memories of Star Wars, and that you know it got me into the Muppets, like you say. But I I can recall going to see Return of the Jedi in the theater, and my parents would just drop me off in there, and I saw it about uh, sixteen. I I lost count over sixteen or seventeen. I'm pretty sure it was twenty two times in the theater. That's crazy. As a little kid, and That's you awesome. know what, I didn't even love Return of the Jedi. I loved that it was Star Wars. Yeah. Didn't really dig the Ewoks, even though they were okay, I guess. I had the Ewok playset. Mm-hmm. I had, I, I'll i tell you, the dirtiest trick I ever pulled in my life, this confession 101, Star Wars confessions here, is I went to a Kmart blue light sale. You know how we were walking around a Kmart and they used to come over to the PA? And they go, we have a blue light sale in the toys section. And anything that was on a designated table Got a blue light price
1: Yep, I remember that. And
0: I saw on the blue light table That there was the canteen Like there was the Jabba's band From Return of the Jedi And it was Ooh. in a dinged up box Yeah. And what I did was I went to the shelf and got A non-dinged up box And brought it to the blue light table And the girl put the, A new price tag on it for me And she said, did you get this off the table? And I'm like, yeah, I did. And I lied. I lied my ass off to her. Because I just wanted that freaking Max Weebo character so bad. And Snice Noodles and the the clarinet player. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I was just so into it, man. I've never told anybody that story in my life. So now everybody knows. You know. Kmart are gone in Canada. So, I'm sorry, Kmart, for fleecing you that 5 or $10. <laughs> <laughs> but as a kid who didn't have a ton of money growing up, that was the world to me, that I had it. Right? So, it's it's funny how that world works.
1: <laughs> yep. It's, yeah. So, I obviously got into Star Wars because of my older brother. Um, you know, he was a huge Star Wars guy. And, uh, still is. The, still is. Probably... Bigger than me. Um, And, uh, you know, it's just because of him, similar to you, Phil, you know, he got me into Star Wars. Um, But, you know, you, just like you, I'm old enough to be in that generation where, you know, it was, uh, you had to either own the VHSs, which, you know, they weren't really readily available like DVDs are now. So you've, had to have the original release of them um, or you had to watch them on TV. So my real first exposure to Star Wars was Ewoks mm. and droids. Yeah. So that is the Star Wars world that I grew up with for a little while. And then in TV, because, you know, I, I don't... For one reason or another, they never showed the original. They never showed A New Hope. Yeah. They always showed Empire and Return. They always yeah. showed those two. Um. So, you know, they would never, ever, ever, ever show the first one. And now it's kind of reverse where A New Hope is the one that they always show. Um. But, yeah, so I've watched those, you know, at a pretty young age. I want to say like 19... 19- 90 or so. I watched them on TV. And then when Super Nintendo came out, mm-hmm. I played uh, Super Star Wars so much. It was insane how much I played it um, for years and years and years. And it honestly, I want to say that the first time I watched A New Hope was when they did the remaster, the first remaster, the VHS back in 1995 of uh, the trilogy. Yeah, that's when I you know, I think I was, watched a New Hope the
0: first time. That was a magic time, and you know it was captivating to go into the theater and see it when they when they released them. Well, wide, that was exactly it
1: because a year and a half, two years later, it was the first re-release. You know the the Redux version of these mm-hmm. three movies, where you know you got some of those controversial changes. Uh You got. Some of the CGI added to those movies um, When they freaking killed us all And ruined our childhoods When they <laughs> changed the final song Once the Death Star is destroyed In Return of the Jedi You know So You know I, I know Juan, my brother Went to go watch those movies in the theater But I never watched them then So the first Star Wars movie That I ever watched in the theater Was Phantom Menace Opening night Um and I swear oh. to God, Phil, Juan and I had that exact same fanboys moment. What
0: if this sucks? <laughs> of course, of course. It was That's- so funny because for the prequels, I I didn't I didn't go to seek any validation from anyone else. Yeah, I pretty much internalized it as an experience. As a religious experience even Yeah Because it was like I'm going to go and see what Like that was the talk with my brothers all the time Was George had this idea to make nine And he's already got them And they're yep. locked in a safe somewhere Like you know when kids just make yeah. shit up And and they like fantasize about it And they, they make it they, they think if they think hard enough about it It's going to be true And that's what it was like And it was like I'm going to get to see the first three Oh my god And I had zero real expectation on it, but I didn't think it sucked. I was just like, that movie's not for me, but I'm glad Star Wars is back. (laughs) That was my takeaway. I'm like, all right, it's going to get better. Like, it's got to. (laughs) But I didn't hate on it. I didn't seek to hate on it. I was just like, "Ah, I'm not sure about Jar Jar. I was just very unsure about everything with that movie.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of uh, like really weird stuff with that uh, with that movie. But yeah, I remember even as a kid, where it's kind of like, "Huh, this is interesting." But uh, I'll, I'll honestly never forget watching um, the trailer for *Phantom Menace* for the first time. It was just like, "Oh my god, what the hell
0: is this?" This is this is the funniest thing I'll reveal about the prequels and that was my mom god rest her soul she used to she, the the thing was growing up as a kid all right oh well, I'll tell you a killer story my brothers and my brother and I my one older brother we went to the Eaton center and we were allowed if we were good to get one star wars guy mm-hmm. all right we're allowed to have one star wars guy we'd go to Eaton's and buy it and my brother and I We're sitting there saying to ourselves, he convinced me. The only reason why we're getting one Star Wars guy is because our parents are poor. So what did we do at the Eaton Center? There was a big fountain right in the middle with all kinds of pennies in it that people would throw in and convinced me and him to go in and get the pennies. So here we are in the middle of the mall Two little shits, soaking wet, picking up pennies and saying to mom and dad, we're rich now. Can we get more Star Wars guys? While mall security is mobbing us, <laughs> basically like ready to handcuff us and take us out. Like who owns these kids and why are they in <laughs> the, yep. the, the fountain? So anyhow, my parents bought us both a hand Solo figure, which I gave my brother a hand Solo sealed six inch figure on the card. A couple years ago, but my mm-hmm. mom used to just buy these action figures for me. That was the way to shut me up. Yeah. So, what she did was she bought me all kinds of. I have them new in box down in my basement, sealed. Of, of basically Phantom Menace and uh, and all them sealed still with all those little communicator chips. That's amazing. And everything like. Uh, it's crazy, man. I don't. Listening wanna... to
1: Kevin Smith's story is about um, Phantom Menace toys. is hilarious, like how him and Walt basically befriended all of these um, the like the, the 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 teen managers of Toys R Us and whatnot, just to get their yeah. hands on Phantom Menace toys.
0: Yeah, it, it, was, it was just, but it was everywhere, right? You could go yeah. this Zellers, you could go anywhere. So my mom was like going out there and just picking me up like every single type, like figures that I'd never touch with a 10-foot pole. I'm getting, right? And I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm, yeah. I'm creating a bin for this now.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's um,
0: just a crazy uh, amount of stuff on the market.
1: I got to ask you, Phil, it, were you one of those crazy people who went to go watch Wing Commander just for the Phantom Menace trailer.
0: Uh no,
1: I don't I know do someone that. who literally went to go watch Wing Commander with Freddie Prince Jr. just yeah. because the Star Wars Episode 1
0: trailer was attached with that movie. I may have done that, but I would have been going to see Wing Commander anyway. Yeah. Because that, that would be a game that I played, right? Exactly, like, right? You know, like, there's a movie now. Come on. Let's go, like, sci-fi. That, that was a hook on me. I was just like, hey, you know what? I, yep. I got to see that.
1: Things got so messed up with this trailer that theaters had to put out a sign basically saying the latest preview for Star Wars Episode 1 is being presented with Wing Commander. There will be no refunds after the Star Wars preview <laughs> has been shown.
0: That's awesome. Isn't it? That's so awesome. I, and I love how you got into the ground level of Ewoks and droids, which I have some of the original figures of those from the cartoons. And I have the cartoons on DVD right now. Nice. I'm like, I collected them. Uh, I collected a lot of the non-canon stuff, the ABC movies, the Ewok ones, all that stuff. I've got my my video collection here of of oddities, and and I don't think they're rare at all. They're just nostalgia pieces yeah, for me, exactly. But You know, it it was a great time, man. Um, that and that's what Star Wars means to me. You know, I've I've I I know we got to talk about it. We got the Bad Batch. It was it was on and it, it's a thing and I'm you know I'm happy there's more Star Wars in the world. Was it the most compelling seventy minutes I've ever seen in Star Wars? Maybe not. Um, I,
1: overall, I agree with you, um, but you know you, we have to remember that they are creating a new world. One of the issues with this show, and it's an issue that Dave Filoni is a master of solving. So I, I have all faith that this is going to work out, but because it takes place in a in a timeline where we kind of know how some of these characters are going to end, how their stories are going to go. It's kind of hard to shoehorn some of these stories and some of these shows into kind of like this timeline um, because, you know, they, there's constraints on either side. Um, which is fine. And Dave Filoni, like I mentioned, he's a master of this. But sometimes it just takes away from the actual enjoyment of the show. And I found that this show suffered with that, especially with some of the characters that they had. And as awesome as it was seeing Saul, as awesome as it was seeing Caleb, as awesome as it was, you know, seeing some of those things, you know, it, it was, it, 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 there was a lot going on. I appreciate mm-hmm. the fan service, but I still want more. Still, I have to admit, I was lucky. Had a couple minutes in uh, in the middle of the day, around lunchtime, and I fell asleep watching this.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, 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 I can, I can understand that.
1: I woke up <laughs> about ten minutes later, and I'm like, oh shit. I actually fell asleep. So I rewound and I watched it all again. But it was just like, you know, the story, I would have to say, was overall kind of um, predictable, which is fine. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, for, for, for Star Wars enthusiasts, I think that, you know, some things could have been done a little different. So before we get into this, I do want to say that because... It was just released yesterday. We are going to keep it somewhat spoiler-free. We're going to be talking kind of in general about things, um, but we kind of want to keep the spoilers, even though we already mentioned some
0: and some of the Easter yeah. eggs. But I, you know. I think I think there's going. I'm, I think I'm going to have to put it in the notes that there's spoilers. We just won't dwell on them. We're, we're like, look, it's going to be a long arc show, and you're right. It's compressed in one of the most fascinating times for me, and that is the transition from the Galactic Republic into the Galactic Empire, just from the point of view of of things like with the outfits and stuff like that.
1: I think that that, for me, is one of the most intriguing things because we've always seen, when we saw the prequels, you know, any time, like the first time you saw the Clone Army and Attack of the Clones, you're like, ah, shit!' there's a stormtrooper uh getup, right? Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was it was like and then it's you start questioning the timeline and saying how did they go from from what we're seeing here in attack of the clones to what we saw in the new hope? And you know, we've kind of seen through all, especially these animated shows a bit of that transition. Rogue One, it was already all empire, right? Um yeah. so but what I really enjoyed about this show And you can already tell That this is one of the things they're going to be doing Is kind of filling in the gap of how We went from the Republic To death of the Republic To the Empire You know so yeah. and, and, and and We saw that already Start we already saw The seeds of The resist uh, I was going to say The resistance um, the rebels <laughs> uh, You yeah. know and, and, and I think that All of that is super intriguing And I I want more of that I want to see the the world grow more Because of that As opposed to what's happening With these characters With the Bad Batch With Omega With things like that Like I think all of that's going to be super intriguing But I kind of am more interested in seeing The world around it
0: Yeah and Well Dave Filoni Let's just put a pin in it right here he did a lot of stuff with Rebels which took place obviously later than this And this is going to fill in the gaps between Because we saw some of the Stormtrooper evolutions and iterations in, in Rebels And now we're going to see that build up to getting them to where he left them off And, and how he stylized them in there And we're seeing it already with the Bad Batch Where I think really one of the takeaways that I would guess Maybe it's in a book somewhere I just don't have it yet I haven't read it Um, Is the iterations Even within the team Of the Bad Batch It's pretty arguable that Hunter looks like a Stormtrooper already (laughs) You know what I mean And then we have the assassin dude Like the long rifle guy The end of of this kind of episode I won't spoil it What happens to him But there is a point at which He's in Death Trooper armor Or a prototype of Death Trooper armor yeah, so it because of the green and whatnot, and I also like how they're linking into the Mandalorian, and that was a subtle little play with the Dark Troopers, and it was like, um, you had the uh, Moff Tarkin putting the Bad Batch against Dark Troopers, the yeah. first version of Dark. Trooper. That was really cool. So I was there. Was things that I'm like really really hopeful for. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm going to geek out on. I'm not really big into the the kid drama with Omega or anything like that, but I'm sure it's going to be well done. I'm not; It's just not for me, but it's going to attract an audience and it's going to maintain that kid-friendly universe that is Star Wars. It always yeah. has been, right? Exactly.
1: So let's talk about Omega. You know, I can already see. I haven't personally looked, but I know the way the internet works. I know the way the Star Wars fandom works. Um, and, you know, what did you think of the character Omega?
0: Oh, it, it's, it you know, if we talked about Clone Wars And we talked about Snips or Ahsoka I think originally there was a little bit of a, a pushback <laughs> A little more than a pushback on her And she's now become the darling of the Star Wars universe Yep With Omega, I'm I'm not going to complain because of that I haven't looked On social media To see if people Are complaining about it It It, it needs more time It just yeah. needs more time Before I get An opinion about it I know why She's in there And I'm hopeful That she develops Into somebody I care about In the Star Wars universe And I'm not gonna say I don't care about her Right now But I really don't Like She's just an accessory Right now yeah. That gets little girls Watching Star Wars Which isn't a bad thing Yeah so it's yeah. it's like if those are the vehicles that we need to to launch to get a more diverse audience watching it, because otherwise it's five dudes, it's a big sausage party of Australian-speaking guys trying to argue with each other about who's going to get to blow it up. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like at the end of the day, I watched the Bad Batch episodes last night on Disney Plus in preparation for watching the show today. And really it's all about you know, the one guy saying, I want to blow it up. And that's it. You know, yeah. like, it, it's, it's, I haven't blown anything up yet. Oh, I want to throw. blah. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, okay, are we, are we really like, I get it. It's a trope. It's, it's what you do. I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but I'm sure lots of people are. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, that's
1: why, that's why I wanted to get your take on Omega, because, you know, I agree with you 100% that we don't know much about. Omega just yet um, We know that she is going to be An important character in some shape, way, or form In this show um, You know, obviously She means something uh, You know, because she was kind of Kept secret um, You know, one thing I really Enjoyed about this, and now that we're Talking about Omega, is the fact that Camino was kind of like the Central setting yeah. For this episode, because I always thought that Camino was really cool, like in in um, Attack of the Clones. Like I thought that the CGI there, the world there, the Kami- Kaminoans I guess you would call them, you know, were kind of cool. It was kind of interesting seeing these greys, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and 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 I really enjoyed that. But you know, back to What you just said, you know, we we've been here before, so I hope people take it easy this time with Omega. Uh, Yeah, like
0: uh, like let's have some patience as a Star Wars fandom, please. If 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 my voice is reaching you right now, and you want to crack off about it, let's just remember and be humble about the fact that we got Ahsoka completely pegged wrong. And but to be fair, maybe some of that pushback made Ahsoka into what Ahsoka is today. Exactly. Yeah. So. You know, a little bit of tough love can be done without being an asshole. (laughs) That's my point.
1: Um, One thing that I absolutely love, and, you know, say what you want about the prequels, the prequels have set up a lot of pillars for Star Wars. And one of those pillars is Order 66. You know, and it's, I think, one of the most important uh, moments in the entire Star Wars lure. Error history, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, yep. You know, Order 66. How many times have we seen Order 66 play out from different points of views? You know, from video games to movies to TV shows to cartoons. We've seen it play out almost in every medium at this point. And we saw it again in this episode. And I thought that it was just really well done. And, you know, it's, 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 I just love the fact that, you know, those prequels built on something major.
0: Yeah, they led up to something major and this is the this is great because it's really the second time we've seen this in the Clone Wars universe because the original run last year of Clone Wars the season 7 kind of ended at where this point ends of the bad batch because they had gone through the transition of Order 66 So we get to see it from yet another angle And how how These clones I like the explanation that they give about their Receptance to the Order 66 And you know The further manipulation points That are done in the show Yeah. So all of that was a lot of fun And I know a lot of this stuff Is seen in the trailers as well You mentioned it earlier Saw Guerrera was in there And on Onderon which screwed me up Because I thought it was Alderaan So this is getting into Very interesting foul territory And um, I was Just like oh okay well maybe There's something that's going to happen and I got my Timelines completely mixed up and my head Was messed up for a while today But I can tell you that Saw Gerrera And the Partisans the, this group Of people that he's helping become His little group in Rogue One Which in the You know the books is a political entity that becomes an extremist extension of the resistance or the rebellion that are called the partisans. So there is a lot of Star Wars geekdom that's just dropped in the India there. And they, they kind of avoided those words, which was interesting in this episode. And I can definitely say that Saw Gerrera does not age well because this would be, I have to figure out in my universe of timelines how many years before we get to Rogue One and how many out of, you know, obviously it's right at the edge of Order 66. But these people are like, bang, they know everything about what's yep. going on politically in the universe.
1: Yep. Yeah. you like, when you think about it, because I don't think, yeah, he does not age gracefully whatsoever. But at the same time, think about it, right? The guy has been fighting in a civil war the yeah. entire time. Like literally in this episode they declare civil war So it's like Yeah there's a lot going on there Yeah uh.
0: and he, he would be fresh off of the stuff With his sister and on her and own So this is him going out And setting up the partisans maybe And yeah he's he's definitely Yeah he's hard done by And we get to see him in Jedi Fallen Order Obviously um, you know he's, he's popped into the canon Quite a few times and I always enjoy it And I know that we're going to get to see some other characters this season pop in and out as well. Probably some Mandalorian people.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, yeah, and uh, Tarkin, Grand Moff, and he also does not age well.
0: Uh, I I like what they did with them in this episode. Like, I love the Star Wars universe when Tarkin's in it. I enjoyed yeah. his book. I've enjoyed uh, every opportunity I've seen. Dave Filoni and the Star Wars crew Get with him Like even even in Rogue One That reinterpretation or reanimation Of him I've enjoyed Because it was always Interesting to me as a kid When you'd watch A New Hope And Vader was basically On Tarkin's leash Right And it's always that power struggle That Tarkin knew Anakin Skywalker And Tarkin Knows Darth Vader And Tarkin probably knows that they're the same guy And maybe that's why Vader Folds under him a little bit Because of that intimidation But they explore it a lot in the books In the Clone Wars TV show All of that And getting to see him flex Like really at the core of this The one thing that I got Most humor out of Was the whole idea when they did go to Kamino and they're speaking to the prime minister and Tarkin's there. And he's basically like, hey, guess what? We can conscript an army cheaper yep. than you. And it's all about how they manage the downsize.
1: <laughs> this is what I mean. But this is what I mean. Like, I'm so interested in these details as stupid and as geeky as they are. These are the details that I'm interested in because they I just Trump. They just pulled a Trump and canceled the contract halfway through, yeah. and they're not going to pay well, up.
0: Yeah, it's a different entity now. You can't get the money out of us, and that was the negotiation. All right. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, man, they don't have lawyers in space. This yeah. is a great place Dude, to be in. I
1: laugh so hard in that scene because it's like capitalism. you know. Like, And
0: they set up the fact that stormtroopers can't hit shit. Yes! That was the funniest part. Is that in the meantime, they fit the rub right in. <laughs> like, yeah, because well, they're like, not going to perform at all like a good trooper. They're going to ex- be shit.
1: <laughs> exactly. Because now, you know, you're using conscription, you're using humans, you're using unwilling participants to be stormtroopers. So it's like. <laughs> these things that we've been joking around and making fun of for years you know and and we we should have had faith that they would do this because look at in rogue 1 when they finally explain the huge Issue With the Death Star right Like we <laughs> should have known That they were going to explore Some of these things But this is exactly it like Phil This is exactly what I want from the show You know and I think talking to you About the show is actually making me More excited about the show Than when I watched it earlier today Because I think that the major takeaway Is not so much the Bad Batch and Omega um, You know it's going to be that transition From the Republic the empire the beginnings of the rebellion the you know and, and and kind of like how similar to how mandalorian is exploring the fall of the empire now we're going to be exploring the fall of the republic and politically how these star systems are going to be dealing with it
0: yeah, and that that's the key, right? It, and it, they've explored some of this, spoiler alert, they explore some of this in some of the other cartoons and some of the other uh, books and whatnot. They they do go into more in-depth. So all of these ideas are leached out of what's existing canon in some way or another. So it it's give Dave Filoni credit and whatnot and the whole team for getting it on screen and getting it people talking about it, because that is what's interesting. And that is what I'm going to be focusing in on this show uh, Because it is fairly one-dimensional so far um, The biggest thing that I can see as well pairing with the development of the show Is additional products Yeah. And by that I mean, you know, if you go back and you play Republic Commando today mm-hmm. On your PlayStation 4 or 5 it's It's a gorgeous redo that they've done it's like the game just looks fantastic. It plays it plays like a retro-y game. Like, it's not perfect. It's got definitely some issues. But I think it's Aspire that does it. But anyhow, um, the great thing about this is that what if we get a Bad Batch video game at some point? Mm-hmm. That sounds like it would be fun. You know what I mean? Like, I have tech. I've got tech glasses on today. I'm just like, there's... It's just, there's different characters And I do like them, and I do like their use In the universe And, you know, I'm hoping that they Expand a little bit In terms of the characters that they are But we also get to witness this shotgun seat Into the Empire And yep. the absolute strong beast That it is
1: Yep, exactly The most powerful corporation in the galaxy
0: Yeah, it would be Yeah, and I also like the duality of, of what's going on with Star Wars. And we mentioned Claudia Gray earlier and her book Lost Stars is just a shining example of the whole idea of a love affair that goes across the lines of the rebellion and the Imperial ranks, right? And it's just fascinating to watch how how these forces represent different things to different people. And some people, they love the empire and they are so excited to be conscripted into the army because it's a stable life and it's a paycheck. Yeah. And it's bringing order to the universe. And then on the other side, you have, the, you know, the, the, then they look at the rebellion like a bunch of terrorists. And then mm-hmm. it flips the other way where the, the galactic empire is oppressors and you're freedom fighters. It's, it's, it's so awesome in its duality. And that's one of the lures of Star Wars is that you can be a fan of the bad guys and that's okay but you can be a fan of the good guys and yeah. that's okay exactly right and then they cover the gray with characters like han solo and stuff like that where it's like morally challenged people or smugglers or things like that they have their their different archetypes in there so that's yep. that's a one-stop shop man one-stop shop
1: exactly so at the end of the day overall i would give this show episode 1 Aftermath, a
0: thumbs up. Yeah, I I definitely say that it's it's worth watching. I I think that the seventy minute runtime was definitely something that they contrived to make sure that they didn't have to release three episodes, yep. so they can prolong, like they can get that stretch out that Disney wants with the weekly subscriptions or the weekly subscribers. Watching and and getting their money's worth and making sure that they get an extra month out of people who are just going to be doing that, and yeah, it's 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 what needed to be done. It it's it's a bit of a slog. It's not as exciting as the Clone Wars close out Yet. with the battles of ahsoka and whatnot but we got a lot of space to go in this and yeah exactly yet is new characters
1: new setting new time period you know there's a lot going against this show um and you know i'll be the first one to say that i complained a little bit i complained as we were recording um but you know in the grand scheme of things i think that they did a great job of setting up the world i think they they are going to add elements that i'm interested in actually seeing and you know, it's always cool seeing kind of the proliferal Star Wars characters make an appearance.
0: Yep, yep. And, you know, like we were talking about, too, I'm excited for some of the toys and things like that. There's, yep. It's going to be so much that this, you know, Star Wars is cool again. Yep. Mandalorian saved Star Wars.
1: 100%. And if it wasn't for Dave Filoni, good old Uncle Dave, we'd be fucked.
0: Yeah, and John Favreau too. I, I always yes. underestimate his contribution, and his contribution to the MCU is being yeah. unbelievable. So, what a, yep. what a gifted guy he is!
1: One hundred percent.
0: All right, let us know what you think of the Bad Batch
1: episode one aftermath. And Phil, tell our listeners how they can get
0: a hold of us. Yeah, you can. I'm going to tell you where you can get a hold of us and complain that we didn't mention Kathy Kennedy. So you can find us on www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at itscanonpodcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts. You're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And make sure you click on the subscribe button and leave a rate and review if the platform allows for it. Thank you so much for spending your May the 4th with us.
1: Yep, thank you so much, Phil Thank you to all of our listeners for listening Thank you to everyone who has left a review Thank you to everyone who has subscribed Again, one year in This is our second May the 4th special And I'm sure we're going to have many, many more Phil, it's been a pleasure Until Sunday It's the It's Cannon Podcast The podcast where we talk about all things geek The podcast where we talk about all things pop culture the podcast where we talk about anything and everything because it's all in canon he's phil i'm boris good night